0: And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley.
3: Welcome to Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. If you want to contact me, it's ask Dell at luinc dot Ask Dell at luinc Ask Dell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. L-U-I-N-C.com, which stands for Lifestyles Unlimited, Inc. It's me answering your questions. No one else. Uh, I take my own emails and so forth. So if you've got something, send it to me, and we'll see if we can get it. If it's good, uh, we'll, we'll think about putting it on the radio as a question uh, that we can answer. Today, my friends, we're going to hit the mailbag. Got a lot of interesting questions and uh, some great points that the audience has sent in to us. And we'll be getting to that. But first, want to pick up on something that happened yesterday that I think is going to be on everybody's mind, and everybody should be watching it, and that is the inflation index came out at 4.5%. Now, that probably doesn't mean anything to most of you, so a little background to help you out. The Fed was given the job of making sure unemployment didn't exist, that it was above or below. Unemployment was below 6%. And it was given the position to make sure there was no inflation. Inflation should be 2% or less. And so, whatever they need to do to the monetary policy to make those two things occur, which they have occurred simultaneously for many, many years now. And inflation has been under control for many, many years. In fact, there's been almost zero inflation. Even with all the money being spent by all the different presidents and congresses over the last 10 years, the inflation has still been almost nothing. But now, out of the middle of nowhere, when you have the Democrats giving away a lot of money for the COVID problem, and then wanting to give away another 6 trillion dollars for the homeland repair program or whatever they call it and then another 6 trillion for infrastructure and whatever else thrown into that you know that's really not infrastructure the world has become inflated the us inflation rate is 4.5 it has averaged over the last 20 years 1.8 so it's more than twice as high inflation is on the rise now The Fed and politicians have been saying they anticipated inflation because of the COVID and everything coming back very quickly from COVID. And that with all that business activity happening, there's no supply of parts and materials and labor because the government was really quite honestly dumb enough. To give away an extra $600 a week to people after the COVID problem was gone. And now there are people out there that can't get employees for their businesses. And we're still giving people $600 a month extra. So that's a dumb move. Everybody knows that. In fact, I think both Democrats and Republicans realize that's a dumb move. And all it's doing is adding money to the economy, fueling the fire of inflation. Now, here's the thing you got to understand. We've had inflation for the last 10 years. Where has the inflation gone? You don't see it in the CPI because you don't see it in the Consumer Price Index because they don't measure everything. They only measure things like bread and milk and gasoline and so forth, things that are uh, used and consumed by the average person. But do you understand that in 2008, the median price home was $151,000, and the median price home now is almost $400,000? My friends, that's inflation. That's massive inflation. We were buying apartment complexes. I bought one for $8,000 a door, bought another one for 14000 a door, bought one for 16000 a door. I had paid as high as $26,000 a door for an apartment complex way back in 2008, 2009. And now those apartment complexes are going for, are you ready? Are you sitting down? 150000 to $250,000 a door. It's not even close. That is massive inflation. So... What does this mean? Well, it means people who own assets, apartment complexes, rental houses, their own personal residence, that already have these things either paid for or they have their interest rates locked in for 10, 20, or 30 years, that inflation is going to make their asset value go up rapidly. And they are going to become on paper very wealthy, although it will be watered down wealth because if everything else is inflated. Remember, you can't. Someone was talking to somebody the other day. I said, "Why don't you sell your apartment since prices are so high?" I say, "Well, if I sell the apartment that I bought cheap, then I can only replace it with something I buy for more expensive." So it's the zero sum gain in this thing is ridiculous. So I'm out right now looking at two apartment complexes myself, two Class A's. Each of them are like close to forty million dollars, and you sit there and I'm looking at him a couple days ago and I'm seeing the interest rates are now sub three percent. It's almost like they're giving money away. So I'm thinking, okay, these prices are high, but I get it. That's because interest rates are so low, and so you still make money. But with the news that came out yesterday, they snuck in a little statement that said the Fed is thinking, you know, they had been thinking they will not raise interest rates. But they're saying the Fed quickly thought, hmm, maybe we're going to have to change our approach here. Maybe we will have to raise interest rates a little bit. So here's the problem with that. When we underwrite these big real estate deals, we're looking at a spread. And so the spread is we can make probably somewhere around 45 to 5%, and we can borrow the money at 25 to 3%. So we're making that spread but if interest rates go up at all, that spread goes away and there's no profit. So that only affects people buying new ones. That only affects people that need to refinance. Although that will happen, there are people with loans will run out from their ten-year loan runs out. It's time to refi, and they're going to be in a situation that if the if and I say if the interest rates go up, then they could be where they couldn't get out of the deal. In fact, I talked to a guy he said, look, I can get you an eighty percent loan with a, a floating interest rate, and you can get in for like 2% interest. And I said, wow, that's really impressive. And he, I said, well, then what happens? He says, well, the floating rate goes on, up and down, up and down, up and down, whatever happens. And in five years, you've got to refinance out of the loan. It's just a construction loan type of deal. We call it a bridge loan to get you from this point to this point, and then you go into long-term financing. I said, well, long-term financing is only 70%. So if you get me in at 80%, and I'm in at 2% interest, and all of a sudden I have to refinance out at 70%, and the value hasn't gone up, or the interest rates haven't gone down, I'd have to bring money to the table to refinance the property. Because yeah, you're you're thinking through correctly. That's exactly right. I said, and there could be a possibility if I got to the end of this thing, where interest rates were so high, there's no way I could get it financed at all because I'd have to pay off half the debt. He goes, yes, if interest rates turned around, that would be a possibility. And I said, wow, this takes some additional thought now. And I really had to step back mentally when I heard this news yesterday to say, okay, i got to look into this further because I don't know if this is too big a deal. These deals, these $40 million deals are too large to do and do wrong. One bad deal could wipe you out. So it's important. I'm bringing the point to you that, You're now looking at real estate from the point of view that two weeks ago, everybody we talked to, every economist, every real estate broker, every investor was saying prices will never go back down. They're not going down. There's too much money chasing too little product, and they're going to continue to drive the prices up. Gotcha. I have no argument with that argument. That makes all the sense in the world, except one. If interest rates go up too much, then you can't underwrite those properties at those prices. The banks won't lend you the money unless you put 30 40 50% down, and people aren't going to do that because the rate of return on the deal would be next to nothing. So the interest rate situation, the inflation that O'Biden's economy is producing, could end up being a stalling point for real estate investment growth. But now counter that with the very concept that inflation itself makes your real estate go up in value. That's only good, though, if you can buy it. If you can't buy it because the interest rates will not allow it, if the lending is too tight, the terms are too onerous, then you're not going to be able to get into it. So, do I have an answer for this today? No, I do not. This happened yesterday. I'm just shedding light on it as we go down the road. We'll keep an eye on this. And we'll come back to you. Be right back with the Del Wamzy Radio Show.
4: to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
2: the Dana show weekdays from 11 to 2 on talk 1370 Uh, the the right right choice. choice
0: Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we are in the mailbag, and um, we just got done the first segment with a discussion about the f- inflation rates that we just got yesterday, which uh, is 4.5, which is over twice as high as what we have averaged for the last 20 years. Uh, this next email... I got before yesterday's news of the um, 4.5% inflation rate. Uh, But I'd already answered it, but it was about that very same question, but it has a bunch of other nuances in it. It's a long email. I know this is bad to do on the radio this way, but there's so many things in this that I think you or somebody else might want to know. So I started out, I've been renting for some years now to keep debt off my name so I can buy 10 properties that you're allowed to in your personal name. Okay, First thing, so you understand what that is, Fannie Mae will lend to you up to 10 mortgages whether the mortgage is your personal residence or it's rental properties. No more than 10. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get more mortgages. You can go from Fannie Mae to Freddie Mac to bank lending. So, the lady has been trying to keep it to where she can keep these, you know, get 10 mortgages. Well, if she's already got the 10 houses, it's irrelevant anyway. She's going to have to go somewhere else to buy another one anyway. So, this is a fear she shouldn't have. And So, if you're in a situation where you're trying to keep debt off your name, that's fine. That's a good idea. And actually, for her to have rent and bought 10 rent houses is a Great, great situation because now she's got income and she's got no overhead other than a rent, and she can move anytime she wants and do what she wants. However, rental rates are going up radically right now. I mean, it's unbelievable climb in rental rates, like sometimes as much as a hundred percent on some people's rents are going up, at least 10, 20, up to 40 percent is average. So she's now feeling that pain and thinking, maybe I want to buy something to live in. She goes on and says her landlord wants the property she's living in back. And so she has to decide what to do. I've been looking at houses to purchase, and the prices have gone up 80 to 100,000 plus more on a home than it was just six months ago. So there's an interesting point. Within the last six months, the houses she's been looking at have gone up 80 to $100,000. What does that tell you about owning real estate? It means it's unbelievably profitable right now. I said to her, my response back, well, I'll get to that in a second. I don't want to get out of order. But just think about what that means, that real estate prices are going up that fast. And she goes on and says, my question is, with the prices inflated due to demand and low interest rates, will the real estate market contract back to the level before interest rates were so low? It seems that with all the inflated prices on these homes will affect the real estate market. I'm asking this to make decision to purchase at these higher levels or wait because the real estate market is going to pull back. Now this, after hearing what I just told you, is about the most logical question you can have. She asked this question, though, before we had found out that the inflation was 4.5% previous to yesterday's disclosure. So I wrote back to her and I said this. It will not be going back to where it was. In fact, it's going to rise even further in my mind. Don't you wish you would have purchased six months ago? What do you think it will be like six months from now? So let me caveat this for you. When I wrote this, didn't know about the inflation rate. Now the inflation rate is there. I'm going to hedge this and say, I still don't think they're going to go backwards. I just can't see people selling the real estate for less than what they bought it for in an affluent situation. Now, if the economy craters, and believe you me, a Democratic president, a Democratic Congress, a Democratic Senate could crater the economy. It's very possible they've done it before. They could slam this thing down. They increase taxes radically on everybody, including corporations. They throw another $6 trillion into the financial situation of a country. These major blunders could literally close businesses, put people in unemployment, and still have inflation. Now, this is what we call stagflation. Stagflation, in my mind, we, I lived through it in Jimmy Carter years, is where interest rates were 12 to 15%. Everything cost way too much, yet the economy was going into the crapper. So, in this situation like this, nobody wins. Because even though your asset values are high, nobody's got any money to be able to buy anything. And the only way real estate values go down is if people start losing their properties. Now, why would people lose properties? They would lose them because they can't pay the mortgage because renters can't afford to pay the rent. They could lose them because their mortgage came due and they were at a 3 or 4 percentage rate mortgage, and now rates were up to 5 or 6 and you can't finance your property back and it wouldn't sustain new debt, so you couldn't get a loan, so you'd lose the property when the loan ran out. They could lose their job and not have any money to be able to pay their bills. When you start messing with the economy the way the Democrats are messing with it right now, anything could happen. Now, in that wildest extreme case where they raise all the taxes radically high, they get away with it. They go up to 45%, 50% personal income tax rate. We're already at 42%, plus uh, Obama's kicker of 2%, so we're like at 44 The capital gains taxes are 15. They want to bring them up to 40. If they bring them up to 40, businesses will leave the country. Do you understand that? They're not going to put up with that. They're just going to get up and go. And they'll be in another country quicker than you can spell gone. If that kind of stuff starts happening, like it did in 2008 when the banks all crashed, then real estate dropped in value. It lost 40 to 50% of its value, just like the stock market did. Now, I love that, and this is where you got to get crazy about this. I would actually love to see that happen because I'd go back to buying real estate 50 cents on the dollar. And in 2008, 2009, 2010, in those two years, three years, whatever it was, I quadrupled my net worth. Because it was just it was too easy. You're buying stuff for pennies on the dollar and getting rich. And you're thinking, well, it'll never come back. No, it came back really radically fast, actually. And when it came back, it came back twice as high. And so I got even wealthier than what I was at the time. And now I'm even wealthier, so if it happened again, I could buy even more and make massive amounts of money. So I'm not crying in my tea here about this happening. I don't care if it happens, but I'm just telling you some people won't be able to survive that. They don't have enough liquidity to get through this. And some people better start thinking about when do your mortgages run out and will you be able to refinance at that time? That's why I told the guy the other day, I said, I don't want any of that revolving interest. I don't want any of the 80% loan to value. I want 70% with no revolving fixed rates for 10 years. And so I know I can get through my administration. Even if he gets eight years, I got to get on the other side of that before I can refinance again. So you have to start thinking that way. Now, she wrote back another interesting point. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and pick this up on the other side. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. Tony Robbins had this concept in his book, Unlimited Power. He talked about, be careful what you speak to yourself, because words mean things. And words will manifest your life. The way you speak of your life will be how you manifest your life. You should be very, very carefully, Seb. When you talk to yourself and you have these self-talk moments, and I'm just paraphrasing this off the top of one of his examples and probably get it wrong, so I apologize Tony but giving him all credit for this. This is his material. So look, if you ask yourself, why am I fat? Your brain's gonna give you a good reason. It's gonna answer your question. The question is, why am I fat? The answer is you eat too much food and you don't exercise. So you are fat. Then he goes on to the better question would be what can I do to not be fat? Eat less food and do more exercise. And you think about that for Senko, you know, that makes all the sense in the world. That's logical, it will work. But I don't want to do it. We'll be right back with the
0: Del Wapzit Radio Show.
1: leading ladies a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini Megan Trainer King oh, Christina Perry at the King's Theatre, Theatre in Brooklyn New York on Wednesday March 20th tickets are on sale now you don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices with Kelsey Ballerini Megan Trainer L King and Christina Perry Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay body buy your tickets now at King'stheater.com.
3: Your next chance at $1,000 with the Big Cash Bribe is coming up at 11 a.m. on
0: Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio. Today, um... We're going through the mailbag, and I've had this one really long email. But the lady made a bunch of uh, interesting points, and I just wanted to get them out because a lot of people, you know, think the same way. One of the things she said about wanting to wait uh, is that so hearing your news that it won't be going back sure is painful to hear, but don't the housing market generally decreased prices in fall and winter due to people not shopping for homes. And I wrote back, that's a myth, also prices don't change that much annually, also the debt on your home should not affect the debt of your rent houses because rent homes have income that covers the debt. So if you qualify for a personal residence, it should not stop you from buying rental houses unless you buy too large of a personal home. So the myth that she has is that uh, everything just stops during the holidays. and." it used to slow up a little bit because who wants to move during Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? So there's a lesser amount of transaction volume. That lesser amount of transactional volume might reduce some of the demand. And so, like right now, I heard the other day about 40 to 50% of all houses that are being sold are selling for above list price. Now, maybe there's not that much of a demand at Christmas. Maybe it only goes for... 5% 5% above list price, or just list price. But the price itself hasn't really changed that much. It's just a supply and demand is changing that curve a little bit during the holiday. But it's not enough to make a major difference. So a lot of good points on this lady's email I wanted to get out to you guys. Let's go down to the next one here. It says, I have two duplexes in Johannesburg, paid off. I just sold my duplex in Colorado and take the profits about 220 k and buy a fourplex." or two duplexes in Arkansas. I plan to keep working full-time and use the profits from the properties to buy another property in two years. Would it be useful to look into your program? All right. Two points. First one is absolutely, because if you looked in my program, I could probably take the amount of net worth you have and make you rich and retired within two years. Let's talk about what we got here. We got two duplexes. He sold I just sold a duplex in Colorado for $220,000, got two more of them paid off, so that would be $660,000. You take $660,000 and you put it to work at the right arrangement, in fact, the six hundred sixty could be leveraged to go buy an apartment complex, and then you're going to have much faster growth than what you're having by just owning a bunch of duplexes and you're just more leveraged out. You get more tax advantages and so forth. He would learn the reasons why all those things make sense if he took the classes. So a lot of people out there already own real estate. I suggest that 95 to 99% of them to go through this seminar come back and say, you know, I thought I was doing it right, but I saw 10, 20 things that I was doing completely wrong. And I wish I would have taken this class 10 years ago and not made those mistakes. I could have been twice as rich as I am right now or three times as rich or so on and so forth. So, yeah, you definitely need to get in there even if you're already doing some real estate. We have been doing this for 30 years. We have 50,000 clients. We've won the National Apartment Association's Investor of the Year. The National Apartment Association, which we have no affiliation with, has given one of our members the Investor of the Year Award 14 years in a row. Now, there's 44,000 independent investors in the National Apartment Association. That's independents. That's IROs. People like you and me. Not big corporations, but independent people and one of our members has won every year for 14 years in a row. You don't think you can learn something from that? Those are the best investors in the country. Next question, why did the U.S. Supreme Court not strike down the CDC eviction moratorium? Okay, the bottom line is they came to the conclusion, you know, remember, it was a 5-4 vote. They came to the conclusion that it was not constitutional. The CDC had overstepped their grounds or their right to do stuff. But the bottom line is, they did something they really didn't have the right to do. But the reason that they voted to leave it in place is because there's only one more month. It's supposed to end at the end of July. And they felt like to disrupt it right in the middle of the process of changeover would be wrong because they would give the government time to get most of its rental assistance programs out there. So that's why they said that they didn't vote it down. They wanted to be able to just let the process roll through, and but they did make a note that they believe that it was overreach. The next question. The guy sent me this. This is pretty cute. I like this. When I was young, I was poor. After years of hard, honest, and painstaking work, I'm now old. <laughs> What's the meaning behind this? The meaning is work in and of itself doesn't mean you're going to become wealthy. It doesn't mean you're ever going to retire. Work produces income. You use income to survive. There's no net gain there. Until you start buying assets that can appreciate at the rate of inflation, you will never keep up with the cost of living by a job. Jobs cannot increase what they pay you at a fast enough rate to keep you ahead of inflation. Not to mention, until you have leveraged assets, you're never going to grow at 10, 20, 30 times the speed of just a straight-up investment. It just doesn't work. You can't do it. So if you keep on doing what you're doing, you're going to keep on getting what you're getting, and that's where you're going to end up, period. You're going to end up working. I had another funny one here guy sent me and I just put the two funny ones together and they just happen to come up in the pile here, so go ahead and go through it. And this one says, the inventor of the treadmill died at age 54. The inventor of gymnastics died at age 57. A world bodybuilding champion died at age 41. The best footballer in the world, Mary Adona, died at age 60. Now, KFC inventor died at 94. The inventor Investor of Nutella died at age 80. A cigarette maker Winston died at age 102. The inventor of opium died at age 116 in an earthquake. Hennessy, that's a drink. The Hennessy investor died at age 98. How did doctors ever come to the conclusion that exercise prolongs life? And then it goes on here it says the rabbit is always running but it lives only two years. The turtle that doesn't exercise at all lives 400 years. What is the synopsis of all this? What does all come down to? Take a nap, have a drink and eat bacon and eggs. In other words, a lot of it's genetic. And uh, some of the stuff that we think is healthy may or may not be. I mean, it's pretty logical if you smoke, that's a worse chance you won't live. But yet I've seen people that are 100 years old still smoking, smoking away. Skin and bones, skin looks like rubber. (laughs) You go, wow, doesn't look that healthy, but they're still alive. And a lot of other really healthy people aren't. So what do you say about all that? No comment. Rental rates are soaring. Wow. That was a article they sent me. Rental rates are soaring. What's saying is rental rates are going up so rapidly right now that housing shall be a problem in the near future. Also, if rental rates are soaring at that rate, they have to look at the supply side for apartment complexes and houses. And the supply side is not keeping up with the demand side at this point. So again, that's going to mean the cost of housing is going to go up. Now, whether it goes up asset-based-wise, meaning that interest rates don't go up, they stay about the same, or you know maybe go up just a little bit and won't really affect them. And then so the assets' values can keep going up. But let's say the interest rates do go up. Interest rates going up is not going to keep rental rates from not going up. Rental rates are going to go up. So you can pretty much keep in mind that it's going to cost you more to live somewhere in the near future. And uh, you need to start thinking about that. And also, as an investment, again, where do you put your money? You want to put your money where you think something's going to increase in value. And I think that it's well obvious that that's going to happen. Next question I got Dell, I heard that Wells Fargo is eliminating all of its lines of credit. Is this true? Uh, I looked it up, and actually, I do bank at Wells Fargo also. And I went to Wells Fargo and asked him, is this true? They're really cutting mine. says, yep, we're cutting out all lines of credit. So what happened? Well, Wells Fargo a couple of years ago, I don't remember the exact, whether it was 12, 18, or 24 months ago, got hammered for doing a bunch of illegal banking. They were selling people and robo-signing up people to accounts that they didn't really want, charging them fees through the nose. And when they got caught for doing that, they also did a research on their books and found out that they weren't liquid enough. So this is just a response to many of the things that Wells has done to try to get out of the situation.
0: Now more intel to build a better lifestyle from Dell Wamsley
3: what if you change somebody else's life forever i'm going to commit to put my kid through college now that's going to take all kinds of plans you're going to have to know where am i going to get the money for that am i going to save am i going to you know budget myself Am i going to live frugally am i going to get a better job Am i going to go create some passive income how am i going to get the money that there will be money there when this child becomes of college age what do i need to do to have that money when it becomes necessary to have that money You will come up with a way you will have money for that kid when they get ready to go to college, and you'll spend that fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at a college, giving somebody a job, teaching your kid to read books. When your kid gets out of college, they'll spend two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and four to six years of their life to figure out how to get a job, how to work for the rest of their life. That's what you bought them. You bought them the right to work for the rest of their lives. I guess that's really what you're thinking you're buying. It's really what you're wanting to buy. But in my brain says, why would I spend $250,000 to give my kid the right to work the rest of their life? they got the right to work the rest of their life right now. And I didn't have a college degree, and I just kept growing and growing and growing. You can read and read and read your whole life. Never, ever stop learning. People believe they have to have that degree. You know, I've never once been asked for a degree for a job application. I've never once been asked to show my grades in any classes, even all the way up through the college-level classes that I did take. No one ever wanted to see my grades. They wanted to know, what have you done? What can you do? What have you done? What skill sets do you master? We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
0: Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome back to the Del Walmsley Radio Show. Today we're in the mailbag and uh, just answering overall general questions. The guy sent me a question that just sort of opens up a whole can of worms for me. I've been teaching real estate for 30 years now. And um, one of the things I learned about teaching real estate is that, oh, teaching anything for that matter, is whenever you tell somebody they can't do something, they're going to go try to do it. It's a weird deal. And I've had these situations where I've, I've tried to talk people out of doing stuff many many times just to have them make it their life's work to prove me wrong i gave that up about 20 years ago i've been doing this for 30 years now i gave it up about 15 years ago and just said okay i'm going to give out the information you guys do with it what you want to do with it i'm going to continue to get wealthy, er, and you can continue to do what you're doing and get nowhere well the question that came up was hey Dell, I, I, i'm thinking about joining lifestyles what i want to do is i want to flip some houses Buy them and renovate them, and sell them, and make some profit so I can build up enough cash to be able to go buy real estate to hold. And on the surface, if you're poor, that probably seems like the logical thing to do. And on the surface, if I were poor, I probably would think that's a logical thing to do too. But when you look deeper, the problem with flipping and wholesaling is this. In fact, wholesaling is not as bad because wholesaling, all you do is you write a contract to buy something. You sell the contract. You don't really get yourself in any kind of a, a problem. But flipping, where you go and you buy the house, you renovate it, and then you sell it. And you see all these guys on TV doing this stuff. They all make it look easy. They make it look fun. Oh, this is so much fun. I'm so artistic. I'm going to make this thing work. And what they're not telling you is, is that 90% of those guys are not making money on those deals especially those expensive ones. I ran into a guy that had his own TV show, and uh, he was doing flipping these expensive homes, I think, down in Florida. And the guy used to be a rapper. I can't think of his name right now. But he, uh, he was on TV, and he was doing these remodels. And then I ran into a guy at a seminar circuit. I was doing a seminar one day, and he happened to be there to, to do his talk. And he was showing the house that he lived in. Well, this is the house that he told everybody on TV he had renovated and sold for $700,000 profit. But the truth of the matter was he couldn't sell it. After he renovated he over-renovated it, would not sell for what he had in it. And now he's living in it. Now, they won't tell you that truth about flippers on TV. The challenge with flipping is this. One, you've got to buy the property cheap enough that you can afford to renovate it. Check. You can do that. Two, You have to do the correct amount of renovation. This is where people go wrong. You don't renovate over the neighborhood standard. Because if you do, now the house costs too much. And you can't get an appraisal in a neighborhood. The whole neighborhood appraises for $500,000 and you're trying to sell a house for a million bucks. It's not going to work. You're not going to get a loan. Somebody's going to have to pay cash to buy that house. Second thing is, even if they design the right amount of rehab into it, They've got to get in there and get it done, because time is money. You're paying property taxes and interest, and you're paying labor. And time is money on these things, and you've got to get it done. You can't fiddle around. Next problem is, even though time is money, storms, hurricanes, challenges, rain, rained-out work problems, lack of materials. You can't get materials because there was a hurricane or there was a problem somewhere. And all those things make it to where you run up your cost in that house so high that you can't sell the house. Now, some people just flat run out of money. (laughs) They don't even think it through well enough to realize you're going to need this much money to rehab this house. And they go over budget and they go broke and They can't finish the house. These are all major risk factors. Now, think about the argument the gentleman had. I don't have any money, so I want to flip so that I can make some money. Well, if you don't have any money, how do you manage and, or better word, mitigate the mistakes you make as you learn to do this stuff? You don't have any money to fall back on. Now, who should be remodeling and flipping? Rich people. Rich, rich people that if they mess it up in any way, shape, or form, they can afford to sit on the house until they can get it sold. They can afford to rent it out until they can get it sold, they can afford the overages in the construction costs because they've got more money, they've got money. Those are the types of people that should, if someone's going to do these types of things, that should do these types of things. Plus, it should be somebody who's already done a couple of real estate deals that knows how to renovate. It shouldn't be somebody for a first-time guy. So, a poor guy, which is a first-time guy, should not be out there taking on the most risky type of real estate investment there is. That's my opinion. But he didn't ask me any of that. He didn't ask me whether or not he should do it. What he did ask me was, can I 1031 the profits from one into the next deal? And the answer is no, you can't. To be able to 1031 an investment property, you have to hold it as a rental for at least two years. Now, there's an argument as to what two years is. Somebody could say it's two calendar years, so literally that could be one year and one day if the calendar's lined up right. But that's an aggressive approach to the IRS. The IRS really intended it for it to be 2 years 24 months but they've misstated they've stated it 2 years in the regulations so a lot of people have taken that to mean 12 months or you know 12 months and one day or something like that whatever it is whether it's 12 months and one day or two full years the bottom line is you can't take a house that you've never held as an investment house and flip it and use a 1031 exchange format to get out of paying taxes not only that If you do this on a regular basis, then this can be construed as your job, and then you run into the problem of not only do you have income taxes on the profit, and it is short-term capital gains, which means it's full-out income taxes, but if you do too much of this stuff, it becomes your business, this becomes business income, and now you owe Social Security and Medicare on top of all that now from the files of Dell Wamsley. You buy a rent house and we go buy a $10,000, $15,000 below market to start with. It used to be twenty-five dollars or $50,000 below market. But let's just say ten dollars or $15,000 below market. So we make an instant $10,000 on, let's say $25,000 down. So we've already made a 30 or 40% gain on our investment the day we bought it. We own the house. If we want to, we could sell the house for profit right now because we can. Not in the 401k you can't because you have to pay penalties and interest and taxes and, and all kinds of stuff. But I could sell the house right now. I could do 1031 and take the capital gain and pay no taxes on the capital gain. Or I could hold it and rent it. Now, for 30 years, while you're paying $500 a month into your 401k, my rent house is paying me $500 a month to own it. Well, folks, I hope we shed some light on something that's interesting to you today and you can take out and use tomorrow. Have a great day, and remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle.